In today's episode, we're going to be talking about the interview process and how you can land a Salesforce job. So if you've been following along with us in the first four episodes, we've now covered anything from what your day-to-day life looks like, to the salary that you can make, to the roles that are out there and available to you to apply for. So at this point in time, we're going to assume you want to land the job. And I think for all of us, the two questions come to mind, which are, What questions are they going to ask me? And then number two, how do I actually prepare for those questions that they're going to ask me? So in today's episode, we wanna review those with you. And I'll personally talk about some of the things that I've focused on that have really helped me. So stay tuned for the details. All right, we're doing something different on episode five here. I'm going to try to play this one a little bit different. Um, In the past, I've done a little bit of research. Um, Some of them, I just sound like a straight up robot. Other ones, I feel like I sounded super awkward. Um, But we're getting through it. And I want to try to mix this one up a little bit. And we're going to actually go through like the whole discovery together. Um, As you can see on my screen, I'm, I'm posting these also to YouTube if you're listening to this and not watching it. Um, they're going to YouTube now, so you can kind of see what's going on on my screen, like what I'm going through to figure out these types of questions. Cause I also think that that brings value to you as well. Like trying to understand, um, when somebody like yourself is asking me a question like this of how would I prepare for the interview? Maybe more of those steps that you can visually see of this is like typically what I would go look up to figure this kind of stuff out. Um, so we're going to go through that together. We're going to go through this discovery stuff. I started putting together this presentation slide and I was like, nah, probably not worth it. I just want to kind of jump around on the screen a little bit and just kind of go through that whole thing together. Um, so I think our main questions though, if we were to figure this out and actually type it out, um, I started off with like what to expect. I think that's like our number one thing that we probably could all agree on is when we're talking about an interview, you want to prep for an interview we can divide it down into some subcategories. And I would say like the bulk of it though, is like, what are the questions going to be, right? I think that's the biggest one going to be. And I think in the sub levels, you're probably looking at technical and you're looking at social, okay? Um, And then there's gonna, this may not be a category, but we're gonna write it down. I'm just gonna put obvious. So there's obvious ones and by that, just from quickly doing some research here and based on past experience of my own interviews, I haven't, you know, interviewed for any large, large companies, but, um, you know, in really any interview that you go into, they're probably going to ask you like, you know, why do you want this job? Why do you feel like you're a good fit? What do you bring to the table? What are your skills? Um, you know, what is some of your background experience? Um, you know, why do you think that you're going to fit in well with the culture here? Stuff like that. They just want to kind of throw out some of that stuff. I feel like in my personal opinion to kind of break the ice with you. Um, Also probably to see if you've taken some time to research who their company is. Um, I think that's always a big one. Like if you're wanting to land the job, if it means a lot to you, if it's something you applied for, I think it even holds more weight. Um, They're taking time out of their lives to finally give you a call and go through that whole interview process with you. So um, they're, I feel like trying to gauge at that point in time when they ask you these obvious ones of like, how much do they know about our company? How much do they want to work here? Do I think they're going to be a good fit? 
that first call is usually like you being a gatekeeper or the person on the other line, I guess I should say is the one that's the gatekeeper of like, is this going to work out? You know, before I get other people involved here, my day-to-day job is to call these people. So if I take somebody else's um, day-to-day job away, like if they're supposed to be managing a team and making sales or whatever it is, and I'm taking them away, I want to make sure that it was worth their time, right? I don't want to set someone up with somebody that I feel is a bad candidate. So those first ones are just kind of getting involved with it. And we all know that. So like, let's not even waste time on all that kind of stuff. Like that, that's very straightforward. That's very easy. Um, Let's just kind of get to the bulk of the question here, which would be like, okay, yeah, I want to land this job. Let's just assume now I'm more than one interview in, you know, I'm two, three, four of them in, um, you know, and I'm more at that bulk stage of like, this is kind of the make or break. I've made it through a couple. Um, I now want to make sure that I am preparing myself in a way that I will look good for this technical part of it or the part that actually matters um, to impress probably your future teammates or your future boss, right? So I think that's probably more where it gets subdivided in my personal opinion and in my mind between like two different things. Um, You have your technical questions that they're going to ask you. um, And then you also have more of like a social setting, okay? So, and what I mean by those is You have like technical questions. And if we just go off my experience, I'm a Salesforce admin. So it would be something like, you know, tell us about a time when you built a visual force page or tell us about a time when um, you were able to, you know, increase the productivity or efficiency of of the systems that you guys are using Um, or something along those lines, right? Like those are probably not the greatest examples that I just thought of off the top of my head here, but something along those lines, right? Like they want to know, basically in Salesforce, what's something technical I have done? And then how did that affect the revenue or the bottom line of the entire company, right? So those ones are something to kind of keep in mind. I would always try to think of something that's like current and fresh on your mind or really big project that you worked on and write that stuff down, like somehow record it. Um, If you're working at a job and you just got a job and you know you're not going to get a job for like five years, but you know that was like the best technical thing that you've done at that point in your time, write it down and store it for later just in case that job comes sooner than later or at the time when you do go to apply, you can use it. And um, I think a lot of people don't do that. And then when they get asked these technical questions, it may not be really like something out of the blue that they're expecting that way, but uh, they haven't really prepared for it. They haven't really thought to themselves like, what was something that I can actually go into the details of? Because when you get into those questions, um, in my experience, they're going to start asking you about it, right? Like you're saying that you're proud of it and it was technical of what you did. So they want to kind of test you on that. Well, why was it technical? You know, what did you have to utilize? Um, was this done in like Apex? Did you have to use code? Was it declarative? Um, how did you utilize the flow? Uh, and then the very best part of the whole ending is, cool, it was technical, but overall, how did it help the company progress? I mean, at the end of the day, a business is in business to make money, right? Like sell something, provide something, whatever it is, they're out there, they wanna make sure that you're going to fit in and affect their bottom line as well. And you know how to how to read that, I would say, and how you're going to be able to affect that. Uh, great, so you have like your technical stuff, we'll probably get into that a little bit and see what our options are when we look through this stuff together. Uh, The social one though, 
The other one that I would break this out to out of the three, so obvious, technical, and then last one, social. Social is more, uh, that one might be a little more difficult. I think if you're the type of person that's um, an introvert, um, but you have like a job as like a developer, um, you know, they're not too concerned with you talking with too many people. I mean, you're coming in, you're doing your job, you're super technical, and that's fine. So if that's your personality, I think that's a great job to be in. It's like, it, it suits that type of personality. But let's take the other side of that. Like, let's say I'm an introvert, but I want to be, you know, a Salesforce admin, or I want to be in sales or customer support or something for Salesforce. It's like, that's just not really going to work, right? Because I'm going to have to be on the phones with people, or I'm going to have to work with stakeholders um, or other people in the business. And so if I can't talk to somebody, like I'm going to need to know how to do that. That's part of the job, right? So obviously there's that. Um, but I think to a level and to a degree of everything, they also do want to see how you can articulate yourself because going back to our first example, let's say you kind of are an introvert. Um, it's still mandatory that you talk to people, right? Like you're not going to just get away without talking to people. Um, and, uh, I'm thinking back to some, some past experiences I've had where I've worked with some, some developers on a Salesforce team and, um, they did great. Like there was uh, one person in particular that I'm thinking of, and that person was awesome at being able to communicate what they needed to do, how to do it, uh, what they were working on, um, how to fix it. Um, and I felt like they had that added edge. Like, yeah, maybe you don't really need to be an extrovert to be a developer, but this person was. And I think that added a lot of edge to that person's job because when you're interviewing all these people and they're coming in and they're all kind of just hitting the same basic requirement, somebody that has a little more pizzazz, I guess you could say, I think is going to stand out a lot more. So you then have like this part of the interview that could be a little more difficult to some people, um, which is all around like, how is this going to work out as far as like social standards go? Right. And so I think that's like a big one. I think that one's uh, something that's hard to teach. Um, it's more, it's probably a lot more based on like your background, I would say, and like how you're raised and things like that um, as how that plays into a lot of your like social settings. Right. Um, so, yeah, I think those are kind of the three subcategories I would personally uh, attack this question in. You know, you have your technical, your social, and then you have these obvious questions that are just kind of filler, break the ice, get a feel for who you are type of thing. Um, so let's actually just kind of hop around these pages a little bit. And uh, if this makes it easier, maybe what I'll do is just minimize this a little bit so it's not the full screen. Okay. Um, so, yeah, let's try and take a look at uh, a couple of these. Um, I'm going to jump over to this tab. This was my first tab that I started looking at. And in my mind, I think the best preparation that you could do is to think of a big company that maybe in your wildest dreams you would want to work for. Um, even if you don't want to work for them, uh, you should probably still do this exercise because people like um, <clears throat> Google or Facebook, you know, these giant tech companies, Amazon, uh, Walmart, e-commerce, people like that, right? They have thousands of people that are employed with them. They're across the entire world in a lot of these cases. So what does that mean? Well, a lot of people work there. They have to sift through a lot of people. 
they're at the top for a reason. They want to stay at the top for a reason. <clears throat> so with all that said, uh, their interview process is going to be a lot more involved than like a mom and pop shop or startup down the road, right? So if you can kind of prepare yourself and get used to being able to ace these types of, types of interviews um, versus something that maybe is a little more local, obviously you're going to have a way better understanding. You're going to be able to impress them a lot more. So in my mind, my first thought would go to like, why not try to prepare for the best and get better and better and better at it as you are interviewing with these possible startups or local companies. Um, and then one day, if that is your dream to go work at Google, uh, you've been practicing the same type of approach for X amount of times before you actually get there. So I think that's just naturally like what I would probably want to do. So I think that's the advice I'm going to give to you is I would look up these companies and that's what I did for my research here. Uh, so jumping over to this tab, I pulled up Google, Google. I just literally typed in, um, how to prepare for a Google interview, right? It's, it's that easy. It's that simple. So, uh, with that being said, uh, on our page here, we have a few things. If you're just listening to this, uh, they have this split up into, uh, it looks like two sections, really. They have how it works, and that has a subcategory of phone, Google, meet, interview, and then on-site interview, and you can drill down into those. And then they have another section called how to prepare, and that has interview for all roles, which I opened up, and then they have another one that is interviews for software engineering and technical roles. So they kind of give you two different approaches to that, um, and that's kind of how they split this up. So. If we look into these uh, two things, this is probably the, sorry, I can't talk. This one's probably our most obvious one, I would say. These are like going to probably be that obvious category that I'm talking about because uh, in this one specifically, this is going to be like your first call. Um, you know, you're going to be going over like a lot of questions around probably who you are, why you want it, why you applied for it, why you feel like you're going to fit in, that kind of stuff. And this one specifically, though, it does say prepare yourself for behavioral, hypothetical, and case-based questions that cover your role-related knowledge, which I think that's a pretty good little tip to have. Like for a bigger company like this, they're probably going to want to go into those things. I bet really any company wants to go into those things, but um, they might be a little more involved with it, right? And they're interviewing a lot more people. So they're going to have a different expectation for you there. Great, you got through that. We already knew that. We're kind of more focused on this one that we drilled down into, which is the on-site interview. Um, this kind of, you know, like I said, if you're listening only, this goes into more of like the time frames that are available. Um, you know, lets you know kind of what's going on with all that, and then it breaks it up to like uh, looks like four bolded points here. Um, let's see, they have general cognitive ability. We ask open-ended questions to learn how you approach and solve problems, it says. And there's no one right answer. Your ability to explain your thought process and how you use data to, uh, to inform decisions is what's most important. They have one about leadership, uh, role-related knowledge, and Google-iness. Share how you work individually on a team, how you help others, how you navigate, and how you push yourself to grow. Okay, uh, so that's what that one is. So it does give you a little bit more of like a breakdown, which is nice to say, hey, this is what's going on. Um, since this is more of like a Salesforce take on this, if you don't know who he is, 
you're not really living in the Salesforce ecosystem because he has like a ton of followers. He puts stuff on YouTube and LinkedIn and all that good jazz. Uh, but his name is David and uh, he actually works at Google. He's a technical architect there. I think he's been there for about seven years or something like that now. And uh, he talks a lot about this. So if you are interested in Google and you want to get more of an in-depth approach to what I've talked about after this podcast, feel free to jump over to his place. He'll have a uh, YouTube video out there specifically for how he got his job at Google. Um, but he talks a little bit about that. He goes more into depth of like, yeah, like it gets pretty technical. Um, and one thing I wanted to highlight in this podcast was that he did say something along the lines of... Uh, Google has like their core values and it's possible other companies do this too, but we're using Google. Google has these core values and they want you to live these core values just like any company does. Um, but what they try to do, he said is within this interview, yeah, you're answering technical stuff and these random questions of like how you feel, but that he said, they're also testing you to see how you would live these, um, these values that they have. So he gave an example of like, well, if something is, you know, honesty or integrity that they care about, they're going to want you to somehow like showcase that within the interview itself. Um, so kind of think of it that way too. I would also probably even go to the extent of looking up what the core values are of the company you're interviewing for. For here, we would look up like Google and say, what are like the core values of Google? And then be aware of all that kind of stuff. Um, so that's, that's really important. Cool. Uh, let's look at the preparation side of it, what they've, they've put out here for us. Uh, let's see. So yeah, let's click on the one. I clicked on the one here that says interviews for all roles. Um, obviously we kind of have a more of a broad approach here. It's not going to be just developers and stuff applying for Salesforce jobs. Um, so it says predict the future. Oh yeah. And see right there, they put this. I hadn't clicked into any of this. Like I pulled up the tab and then just started to film this because I wanted to do the discovery part, but look what they put. They put, you can anticipate 90% of the interview questions you're going to get. Why do you want this job? What's a tough problem that you've solved? Um, if you can't think of any Google most common interview questions. Okay, so that's the advice they give. And then they say to write down the top 20 um, and then provide an answer for that. So yeah, uh, for our obvious one, that's what I would also recommend. Um, if this is happens to be, uh, I can't speak on somebody like this large, uh, but based on past experiences, um, I feel like a lot of times like recruiters and people that are like wanting to interview you, they also want to make sure that you are prepared so that they're not wasting their time. And you're not wasting yours. So um, I've had positive experiences with like being a little more upfront and just asking and saying, hey, when I go to this interview, this is like my current um, understanding of what the next interview will be and like what you want to discuss with me on like interview two or three. Um, is that, you know, accurate? Is that correct? Um, and then if it's not in both cases that I've done this, they clarified it and they went pretty in depth of more things that I hadn't thought of in that particular area of things that they would be looking for or things that they wanted to get a good idea on. Um, so that's really helpful. It's not worth, uh, or sorry, it is worth taking the shot to see if they are willing to do that. So check that part out. Uh, and let's hurry and kind of crank through these because I'm taking too long on this episode already. Uh, sometimes I make these things way too long by talking about nothing. Okay, so predict the future. That's our obvious questions. Uh, second one is plan. It says for every question on your list, write down your answer. 
Um, it's going to help them stick in your brain. It says, uh, that's kind of obvious. Have a backup plan. Um, okay. So this one's good to kind of highlight this in my own words. Um, basically they're just saying like have two or three answers available. Um, if it is more of a technical, uh, or a question that you feel can be a little more open-ended. Yeah. I would think of not just one example because, what if they ask something you're not prepared for and you end up using that same example? When they come to a different one, they're probably going to want some type of different example. They want to see how you would showcase in different areas, right? And I've personally been in some interviews where I bombed that part big time. Like I, uh, you know, would be interviewing and I didn't think far enough ahead. And I guess I should just say I didn't plan well enough. And then I find myself like saying the same thing like two or three times and you're like, okay, this is like trash. I didn't plan for this well enough. Like I didn't think out a, enough answers of what I should have said here. So yeah, I would definitely put that like for each question that you think of, try to think to two or three different answers that you could give. That way, if you uh, happen to be roped into that question earlier than expected or in a different way, you have the availability to be a little more nimble, a little more flexible of how you answer that question for them. Uh, so have a backup plan. That's good. Explain, uh, be data driven, clarify, improve, and practice are the rest of these. Uh, so let's highlight the explain, explain one, uh, that they talk about in the inner, in the, uh, the video here, I'll link it in my blog post. If you guys care to go see my, uh, kind of give and take on these, uh, videos. I kind of poked a little bit of fun at him because I thought this one specifically, this one with Google was really, really dry and wasn't the greatest thing that I've seen. But they basically go in to say on the explaining part, like make sure when you are answering these questions, be it general or technical, probably more so on the technical side, but I think either one works. You want to answer in a way that you're almost like thinking out loud. Um, you know, so if you don't understand the question, like I said, from the get go, they don't want to waste their time. You don't want to waste your time. They want to help you prepare as much as possible. And then definitely when you're in there, they want to make sure that they also articulated it in a way that you can understand. They don't want to give you a question, have you flop on it and then, you know, kind of hold resentment, I guess I would say, like towards the company or like you didn't do well because they didn't ask it well enough for you to understand um, so don't look at that part as a negative, I would say. Uh, they want to make sure that they clarify it for you. They want to make sure you understand before you give an answer. I think that's the most important part is if you have any type of like hesitancy, I've had really positive experiences of just asking for clarification or giving my take on what they just asked and say, are you wanting me to answer it in like this type of way or like around this type of thing? Um, I think that really helps. It shows that you were listening one and then two, it's also showing like the concern of like, Hey, I want to make sure I answer this right for you. And I go in the right direction here. Is this, you know, more, more or less of what we're expecting. Um, so yeah, explain, I want to highlight, uh, data driven is the other one I would say. So being data driven, I would say like on this one specifically, um, it kind of goes back to what we said at the beginning of this, of this episode, which is, you're giving an answer and sure it's all cool and it's technical and you sound great and you're killing it, whatever it is, right? That's all good and dandy. But at the end of the day, it's the business that cares about how you affected somebody's bottom line, how you increased revenue, how you improved a system or how you improved 
whatever it was, right? How you worked with a team, how you led a team, how you managed people. Um, but at the end of the day, they want kind of something to show for it, like the proof in the pudding. Okay, cool. You managed them well. I get that you said that. And I read that on your resume that you think you manage people well. But tell me about a time when, you know, you disagreed with a coworker and you were able to work that out and what happened afterwards, right? Or same thing with like something technical. Okay, great. You said you know how to use uh, visual force pages or you said that you know how to dabble within Apex. Give me an example when you actually did that and what problem were you actually solving? And after you solved it, what happened? What was the, what were the results of that? Um, so I think that's a big part of it um, that I would look into. Uh, as far as the next ones, clarify, we kind of touched on that, improve. Um, mm, let's see, this one says, it's worthwhile to think out loud about, okay, so we touched on that as well. It's kind of on the clarification. Uh, and then practice. Uh, yeah, I, I guess, you know, before all of this, that's probably a good idea. I've, I'm probably not the greatest at this. I've bounced ideas off of friends and colleagues and uh, like my wife and family, but I've never personally done a full on mock interview with anybody, but that's not a bad idea. If you have someone in your network that could help you with that, maybe you know a recruiter um, or something along those lines or someone that's been through a lot of interviews that they're willing to, a mock interview could be really great. Uh, so that you could get some candid feedback, a couple uh, trial runs, if you will, at like the interview so that you don't feel awkward or you feel like you're going to be taken by surprise by anything that they might ask. So that's a good one. Practice at the end. All right, let's jump over to the Facebook one. I'm just going to kind of highlight it since uh, we pretty much covered exactly what, what was talked about here. This Facebook one, I linked this video there in the, uh, the blog post for you that you can check out. But basically what they talk about is they actually give you a lot more. Uh, I was pleasantly surprised with the Facebook one in comparison to the Google one because they actually started off by, <laughs> one, having the freaking thing edited. Like... The, the Google one was like three people in the room and it was no fault of theirs. They just really set the people up for success. And I feel like they just kind of like threw them in this room. It was really echoey. Uh, you didn't really know what they're saying. They're reading off a script and they felt it looked like they were on edge. They didn't really know how to act. Um, so it kind of just seemed spur of the moment. This Facebook one. So Facebook one was obviously edited. Uh, so they took more than three seconds to think about the the video before they threw it out there for us. Uh, but number two, he like went into some details. I only watched like two minutes, but he went into some details around like a sample question that they would ask. Uh, he also talked about that same thing that we just explained here, thinking out loud that it's not a negative mark against you. If you do ask questions or if you do want clarification, like they want to help you with that. Um, so none of that is negative within the interview. Uh, he did say in his own words, something to the extent of, you know, a lot of people get into this idea, if you will, that um, asking questions within an interview is a bad thing. And he said that can be further from the truth, right? Like it's a, it's fine to ask like questions around whatever you're trying to get answered. Um, so feel free to watch that and watch the little take back uh, that I provided there in the blog post. Um, and then outside of that one, let's actually jump over to the one that we care about the most, which is Salesforce. So Salesforce in itself is also a massive giant out there. So not only for me personally, my mind went to like, okay, what would like Google look like? 
or what would uh, Facebook look like? You know, these bigger companies. Well, Salesforce in itself is massive. Like, you know that. Um, we already talked about all that. Uh, if you don't know who Salesforce is, that's pretty wild because they make a lot, a lot of money and a lot of companies use Salesforce at this point in time. Um, it's just a dominant CRM, a lot of job opportunities and all that kind of stuff. So they also had on their website, it just Googled the exact same thing, interview questions, how to prepare for an interview with Salesforce. And then up popped a little page here that I'm on with interview tips. And uh, they broke theirs down into, it looks like eight different things here. They have get to know us, uh, show us your energy and passion be a force for good, talk about yourself, challenge us, show us you're a team player, um, ask about Salesforce Ohana culture, and then check us out on Glassdoor, which is also for your own benefit, something you should do or, or check out places where you can find reviews on the company of what people have said so you get a good understanding of how people internally feel about it and you're not just being sold by somebody trying to sell you on the phone. Um, so... Obviously, first one is getting to know them. We know that. I'm just trying to see here, since I haven't looked at this, um, if there's anything that really like stands out different from the Facebook or Google one. Um, and honestly, I would say, let's read this challenge us. It says, ask one excellent question after the other. Go ahead and throw us hardballs, surprise us, make us think. It's one of the best ways we know how to build a connection and for us to understand how serious you are at joining our Ohana. Okay. Um, so maybe a little bit different there. I don't think the other ones really touched on that one at all. Um, I guess like you probably have that common idea that most people talk about where you're supposed to always ask a question at the end of the interview. And I don't really know if that's true. I think if you're asking good questions throughout the entire length of it and you had a couple questions going into it, uh, that's what I've done in my personal experience where it's like going into it before I've talked to anybody, this is like what I want to ask him if he gives me time to, or, or she gives me time to, you know, expand on these things. This is what I want to clarify. Um, so I've had those like written down on like a sticky note or something. And then as I ask questions throughout it and be engaged with the recruiter or whoever's interviewing me, um, I think at the end when they ask that question, like, hey, do you have any other questions? I just restate the ones that I had uh, because I'm not trying to make up a question just to make up a question, one. Two, if they legitimately answer my question, I want to give them that feedback too, which a lot of the times it happens that way. So I'll just say, you know, hey, I had these two questions. Um, I felt like you answered them well. This was my understanding of it. Uh, you know, you answered this, which gives me a, a better idea of what I was thinking there. So yeah, thanks. And I think that's fine to do it that way, in my own opinion. Um, you may not if you're listening to this, but in my opinion, I think that's fine. Number two, I think it's also equally as dumb to just ask a question to ask a question. Like if you don't have anything to ask, I think that can also make you, I don't know, maybe reflect in almost like a negative way because they can tell like, okay, I asked him if he had a question. He asked me something that was super obvious or something that doesn't really apply to anything that nobody really cares about. And he just asked a question because I asked him. Um, so I'd also be careful on that. Like, don't ask one if you don't really have one. If you legitimately have one outstanding, then ask it. And then the number one way that I try to go about it is just 
you know, have it written down beforehand, try to ask questions throughout it to get those things answered. So I don't have a question by the end of it. Um, so I think that's it. I think the only thing on the Salesforce website here that I will have linked for all you listeners is maybe this one about Salesforce Ohana culture. Um, they are a little more unique about that. It's just a lot of like, uh, trying to grow in their company. What they have here saying is, uh, this will help you determine if you, or sorry, if it resonates with you, our values are trust, growth, innovation, equality, customer service, transparency, giving back, well-being, and fun. We work hard and move fast while embodying these values. I see a lot of people post about that. I feel like that one's a little more unique. Like they tout a lot about Salesforce Ohana. Um, they have like a really big community out there with, a, you know, just like Googling questions, like Salesforce community wise, uh, that you can find stuff out there. So I feel like a lot of people really try to embody that. And that's been something super attractive to me being in the Salesforce world, uh, because there's so much that you can learn about Salesforce and it's so involved that it's really nice that there's these one percenters out there pretty much providing for the 99% of us. Uh, you know, I think there's like a couple people I'm thinking of right off the top of my head where like in order to be like the Salesforce MVP or a person that has answered the most questions, there's like two people up there and they just like will blow you away with how many questions they've answered. It's like tens of thousands, I think. So for me, that's never really, I've, I think I've answered like five questions, like on the community. It's like, holy crap, I'm never going to catch 20,000 freaking questions. Like that's, that takes some serious work. So there's people out there that are really cool like that, answering a bunch of questions for us. Um, so where I can, I try to step in and help because um, I've always been treated that way, like online and stuff. Like I've never really had any bad experiences with that. I've always had positive experiences when I've reached out to Salesforce people for help that I've received it. And uh, that's been really cool. I really like that part about it. So I think that part I would really try to focus in on. Uh, that's really the only one unique piece to the Salesforce one that I would say. And the more you could showcase that, the better. Um, you know, obviously think of it this way too for our last little part of this episode. Um, with those one percenters out there answering all these questions for people, think of it that way too, where it's like, yo, this guy is like answering, you know, like I said, 20,000 questions for us. And that's reflecting awesome for Salesforce because this guy's going above and beyond. Um, you know, he has. Uh, all of our core values intact. He loves Salesforce. He's trying to learn more about it. So they obviously want to reward that person and they do with things like Salesforce MVP award, uh, stuff like that, that you can earn from Salesforce. But for them, it's like free advertising. It's free um, marketing. It's like all this awesome stuff for them that they don't even have to worry about because like myself right now, right? I'm making this episode for you. I'm putting stuff on YouTube. That's free advertisement for Salesforce. They never asked me to do it. I'm not getting a dime from them to do it. I'm just sharing stuff that I know to help you guys out. So it's kind of like that same idea. Like I'm touting about Salesforce and more people are going to learn about it and come across the stuff and possibly get interested and either purchase it to use or they're going to go into that career, um, which is beneficial for Salesforce. So the more you can showcase that, I think that one stands out a lot to them. Um, they care a lot about it. A lot of people do it. So the more you can do that, the better. Uh, but that's honestly where we're going to end with this. I think that answers our questions. We dove into those three things. If we jump back over to our tab here, whoops, this one right here. 
um, we covered it, right? What are we going to expect? And really what this question came down to was our social standing, our obvious questions, and our technical pieces of the interview. And I think we touched on all of those. If it's technical, let's just recap to end the episode. If it's technical, you want to think out loud. You want to possibly do a mock interview with somebody so that you understand what's going on. You want to write down two to three um, answers for each type of question that you think that they're going to ask. Uh, you want to be really familiar with whatever your role does so that you can talk to those parameters. If I'm going in for an admin job, I want to know that uh, an advanced admin is going to dabble in things like Apex and Visual Force Pages and um, declarative coding, right? So I want to be familiar with those things. I want to have some answers around that so I can talk to that. Um, and then the last part of that was when I give that, I want to also highlight it with a data-driven decision. Like this is cool and it was technical, but this is more importantly how I helped the business grow in scale. Uh, our social ones, uh, that one was more along the lines of things that may vary depending on your personality. That's stuff like how you answer the question, um, how you're able to connect with people, how you're able to challenge them as they said and answer or sorry, ask them questions. Um, that one's going to be important because they want to see that you're a cultural fit. So if you're applying for a job that requires you to be more of an extrovert, you better showcase that you're an extrovert because they're not going to want to hire somebody that's an introvert that uh, they need someone to be talking to a lot of people, right? And vice versa. Even if you are applying for something that doesn't really require you to communicate with a lot of people, I would still say work on those skills. Try to figure out how you can ask better questions. Try to figure out how you can connect with people. Um, and that's going to give you a better edge, I would say. And then you have our last category to sum this all up, which was our obvious stuff. Um, you know, going into it, they're gonna ask you a lot of questions right off the bat of why you're applying, why this is important to you. Um, and those are softball questions. So make sure that you don't overlook it and get so involved with this technical stuff that you actually don't know where they're located or you don't know that they offer this perk that everybody else knows about, or you don't know that X, Y, and Z, right? Like just make sure you do your homework on the obvious ones too. Don't overlook them. Make sure you're preparing for those. I think in my own scenarios, that's really helped. Uh, almost form that connection right off the bat, I could say, of like when I first get into the interview, I wanna nail those so that I have a, a, a good understanding of like what's coming next, one, and then two is I feel like that helps make that impression and helps carry that momentum through the rest of the interview. If I nail those and I have all those done and I make a connection right off the bat, how much more relaxed is that person going to be when I'm talking to them throughout the rest of the interview? Um, obviously I'm not perfect at any of these things. Uh, I probably haven't done these things perfectly. Uh, but that's my little two cents for you guys on this episode of like the interview part of it. So thanks for listening.